This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Anne Marie Schieber. One of the biggest complaints about healthcare is the cost. But did you know that you can get affordable care by paying for it directly, no third party payer? It's called direct care, and not only can you get it for about 100 bucks a month, it's quality care. And I can vouch for that personally because I belong to a direct primary care practice. I've been a subscriber for a couple of years, and I'm so excited because my DPC, a nonprofit called Christian Healthcare Centers in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is expanding. And I want to talk about that because I think their story would be of interest to communities all over the country. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Mark Blocker. He is the co-founder, president, and CEO of Christian Healthcare Centers in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Ann. Great to be with you. So, Mark, you are now four years uh, in existence, CHC, and you are opening up your second freestanding direct care facility. Obviously, DPC is a hit. Well, it seems that way, and it's kind of uh, interesting. When we were first proposing to do this, lots of people were telling us it would never work. So we'll actually celebrate our fifth uh, anniversary in July of this year of being open and uh, we continue to grow. We have uh, growth every month. And as you already mentioned, opening a second uh, center up in uh, Nuevo, Michigan, uh, it, it definitely works. We just had a, a, a group of uh, families that just uh, joined here in Nuevo and it continues to expand. And I think a lot of people are discovering that uh, direct care is uh, maybe the, the, the change that needed to be made in, in terms of how healthcare is delivered. So, Mark, tell us about this new facility. Um, it's located in a town called Nuego, which is about 30 miles outside your current location. How did you pick this spot, and and how did you make it happen? Because you're not a you're you're a nonprofit, so you don't have corporate funds to be building new facilities. How did it happen? Well, the the short story is uh, pretty exciting. The, we weren't planning to come to Nuego. Uh, Nuego County is about 50,000 residents total. It has a, a, an ongoing uh, problem with having enough medical services provided. So it's very medically underserved. And um, <clears throat> we weren't looking to come here for our second location, but God had a different plan. And he, uh, the, the city of Nuego uh, came to us, the Chamber of Commerce, a uh, number of churches in the area, other human service agencies and businesses came to us and asked if we'd be open to putting an office here in Nuego. And uh, long, long and short of it is uh, the city basically donated the property that the building is built on. We had a number of uh, investor types that really believe in our mission and wanted to be involved in the project. And so they actually formed an LLC and uh, pooled their money to pay for the construction of the facility. And so we rented it from them. And then uh, Copper Rock Construction uh, did the construction on it. And they, frankly, they did it in record time. I mean, from groundbreaking to where we got the building was about seven months. So that's uh, pretty unusual. 
and then uh, foundations in the community came along and provided additional funding. Uh, a lot of individual donors, so it's been a lot of fun. So investors are uh, interested in this. They know how popular it is going to be, and they put their money on the line to help you open these uh, this the doors of this new facility. When you say underserved, can you kind of uh, give us a description of what healthcare was like in this community? The doctor to patient ratio in Nuego County is 3,000 patients per doctor, which is about uh, almost three times more than what is really ideal in terms of doctors being able to really provide the kind of care that patients need at that primary care level. Um, there are a total of 21 doctors in the entire county, and not all of those are primary care. So what happens is people in, in Nuego County end up having traveled significant distances in order to get, uh, in order to get basic uh, primary care. So that's one aspect of the underserved. The other part of it is specialty care. Most of them have to drive 40, 50 miles one way in order to see a specialist. And what we added to this uh, here in Nuego is a part of our building is devoted over to specialty care. We've got uh, a number of specialists, a number of surgeons who will be able to see patients right here. And some of the surgeries we'll be able to do right in our facility. That's terrific. I want to ask you about the surgery component. Um, Are you going to be providing this in a direct care type of way where you establish the price right off the bat and people know front and center what they're going to be paying for and what they're going to be getting for that price? Exactly. We publish our our fees on our website and uh, those fees are what we call bundled fees, which means, you know, unlike you go to the hospital, you get seven or eight bills, you know, that they come to you over the next 45 days. Uh, Our patients know before they schedule the surgery what the cost of that procedure is going to be, and that's all inclusive. So if there's anesthesia involved, you know, if there's any uh, particular um, uh, products, you know, screws, um, you know, all the different kinds of things that they might have to use, implants, um, that's all bundled right in that fee, so there's one fee. Tell us the kinds of surgery you're going to be doing. Well, on the procedure side, we'll be doing uh, endoscopy, so people will get their colonoscopies here. You know, if they need an upper GI scope, we can do that here. We'll be doing uh, a lot of uh, minor general surgery things, dealing with, you know, unpleasant things like hemorrhoids and um, lipomas, little lumps that people get in, in their in their legs or arms. Uh, a lot of minor stuff that requires uh, and only requires a, uh, a conscious sedation. So they're not being put under. They're not going, uh, you know, unconscious. We're not going into bo- we're not going into body cavities. On the uh, orthopedic side, there's a lot of things we do: carpal tunnel release, trigger fingers. Uh, we do a lot of things with elbows, with uh, knees, ankles. You know, fracture repairs. Um, so there's a growing list of things actually that we're doing. Then we have an anesthesiologist who's involved, and he can also do some nerve blocks for pain management and uh, other aspects of pain medicine. Wow, that's terrific! I don't think uh, in you know living in this area, anyone is doing quite anything like that. Now you know small communities have trouble recruiting healthcare providers, and you know we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, how were you able to do it? How were you able to get physicians and hire staff to live in this um, area that's 
Oh, I would describe it as a rural area. I mean, it's near, it's 30 miles outside of Grand Rapids, but it's not a very populated area. How did you, how were you able to do that? Uh, that's a great question. And that's, I think, one of the big surprises in this whole uh, project, because that was one of our big concerns. You know, if we put an office in Nuego, our doctor is going to have to drive up from Grand Rapids. You know, are they going to have to come from Muskegon, which is, you know, over on the lakeshore? And to, to our surprise, uh, delightfully so, all of the doctors that work out of this uh, facility are largely from Nuego County. There's a couple that are outside of Nuego County. They all came to us. They came. They already travel to other other places to practice medicine, but they live in this county. And they said, "I want to be able to practice medicine right in my own county." And so they actually came to us. So that, and the nurses, we have all of our nurses, all of our office staff. You know, everybody uh, that is involved in this project, with the exception of two people, are all from uh, Nuego County. Do you see the direct care model as being the wave of the future? I do, I, especially for outpatient care, you know, whether you're talking about your typical family doctor or you're talking about uh, a lot of the specialty care, you know, um, and, and the outpatient uh, surgeries and so forth, I see this being the one way for us to, to remove some of the fragmentation in our healthcare system, for one. Two, to improve the job satisfaction for doctors because they aren't, uh, you know, they're not under the pressure to see so many patients every day or perform so many uh, procedures or surgeries every day in order to cover the overhead of a very uh, large and expensive uh, healthcare system. So I do see this as a way to improve doctor satisfaction, you know, eliminate the doctor burnout that we're seeing, and uh, and also provide better patient care because it's more personalized, it's, it's customized more to the patient, um, and it's not such a pursuit of, uh, of payment. Yeah. When, which we see happening in medicine all the time is it seems like uh, it's all a race for revenue capture and the patient kind of gets lost in the process. Yeah, well, I, I can personally testify that to that because you guys give me excellent care every time I go in. And I see, you know, a physician or, you know, a physician assistant, they spend at least one half hour with me, sometimes an hour and really go above and beyond to try to resolve any situation. I don't feel like I'm getting the 15-minute brush off. I have no paperwork. It, it's just incredible. I, I've never been so satisfied on a patient on the patient end with my health care. So uh, I think it's terrific. And, and I know, you know, you can always tell when you're dealing with a happy healthcare professional. And uh, I, you don't typically get that in any other physician practice. You know, you mentioned about the administrative headache and having to deal with medicine with all the paperwork and bureaucracy. You know, now we're hearing that the Biden administration is really making it difficult for professionals to practice um, as their conscience dictates. I mean, specifically, they're they're restricting federal money to healthcare operations that don't provide uh, abortions or birth control or gender reassignment, um, you know, who knows, maybe someday down the line, it'll be physician-assisted suicide. The federal government just really expanding its tentacles and controlling what doctors choose to do. Um, is DPC the only help for healthcare staff who want to avoid, avoid these government orders and control? 
Well, DPC is one aspect of that, and um, there's a reason why we formed Christian Healthcare Centers as a nonprofit, first of all, and secondly, as a distinctively Christian organization. And that is that, it, at least at the moment, some of the uh, the problems that others in other environments have with having their professional conscience rights protected and, and respected, we don't have that issue. Part of that is because everybody who works for us, you know, affirms, you know, they're, that they're a, a Christian. Not, our patients aren't necessarily, but our doctors are. And uh, they, they're coming here recognizing that there's a set of values, there's a set of beliefs that we hold, that we all subscribe to. And, uh, and second of all, that we have some protections in the First Amendment, you know, the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, as well as the free speech part, that uh, protects our doctors to some extent from uh, the kinds of, uh, of pressures and the kinds of tensions they experience in some of these larger healthcare systems so that they're able to practice freely. So, the, you know, we make it very clear who we are. Our patients are not surprised about who our doctors are. And uh, we, have, I suppose at some point we're going to see the, the culture move in a direction where they'll begin to impinge on even the, the, the uh, professional conscience uh, rights of doctors working in a direct care environment just because they're doctors. You know, they'll threaten their, doc, their medical license or they'll, uh, you know, threaten their board certification. Those are two things that are really starting to heat up and and it's something that I've written written about and spoken about quite a bit. It is a concern, but I don't know that uh, direct primary care by itself is a solution to that. It's one platform that gives doctors a, an off-ramp from, um, you know, medical employment that might otherwise be a, a threat to their, their professional conscience. Well, you know, it's I guess it's getting very hard now to practice medicine without some connection to the government, you know, either in grants or funding, regulation, and I know that you've really worked very hard to maintain your independence. And and hats off to you, but you're right, it's becoming a very challenging environment. Um speaking of writing, you have completed a book. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. This is, uh, you know, it's a book. Uh, it's called Missional Medicine, Restoring the Soul of Healthcare. And it's not a book that, uh, you know, basically uh, is a rant against uh, all the things that are wrong in our current healthcare system. It's really an affirmative statement about what Christian healthcare looks like, what missional medicine is. And it's really a call to Christian medical professionals in particular uh, to practice missional medicine to be very missional about what they do and that is incorporating spiritual care into the into the patient care that they provide you know doing this for the right reasons so the book is it's uh, it's about the why and the the what and the how of what it is that christian Healthcare centers is established to do because our our goal in is to start a uh, a christian healthcare system we think that uh, the christian voice and presence in medicine has been increasingly marginalized and uh, we're wanting to call Christian medical professionals to be part of a movement that puts uh, Christianity back on the forefront of healthcare. It's been there for centuries. You know, the history of the hospital movement in this country owes its, uh, its, its existence to Christians who started hospitals and clinics and healthcare systems. And we want to get the uh, we want to get Christians back on the forefront of medicine again. Well, that's great. I know. Yeah. That's terrific. Well, uh, tell us where people can find the book. 
Well, right now they can find it by uh, emailing me um, at mblocker at chcenters.org. Um, it'll soon be out on Amazon, but it's not out there yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll include that information in the podcast notes. And congratulations uh, once again for your second facility. This all bodes very well for Freedom in Medicine. And um, we wish all the best to you. Well, thanks, Ann. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, Mark Blocker is the co-founder, president, and CEO of Christian Healthcare Centers in Grand Rapids, Michigan, talking to us today about plans to expand by opening up another facility. And as always, if you enjoyed this free market discussion, share the link to the Heartland Daily Podcast and become a regular subscriber. Thank you for joining us. This is Anne-Marie Schieber.